Hello and welcome back to episode 38. I'm your host, Felix Vogel, and this is my podcastee, a.k.a. my dad, Mark Vogel. Hey everybody, it's so good to be back. Episode 38. Now, Felix, very first trivia question of this new podcast for you. Can you think of anybody in the NBA right now who wears number 38? No. Nobody. You know, I looked it up. First of all, I can't think of anybody either. It's a very rare number for some reason. But there are two players who wear number 38. Hit me. Okay. Sabin Lee plays for the Detroit Pistons. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. And Chondry Brown Jr. plays for the Lakers. And he's also uh, number 38 and a backup. So we're uh, 49 seconds into our new podcast, and I've given you two pieces of truly useless trivia. You know, if I had gotten those right, I think I would have earned pro- or would have been owed maybe thousands of dollars for yeah, my intellect. No, I think our podcast would, oh. would have exploded. Yeah. Now, um, we promised to do a podcast every five games. And, you know, looking at where we were since Thanksgiving, shout out to Nicole and Josh for doing that awesome pod with us. We are back at the 500. Uh, 13 and 13 is our record. We're uh, 10th in the West, yet only four games away from first. So it's really tight. Um, yeah, it's super bunched up. And um, we just looked this up. The Pelicans, of all things, are number one. We're number 10, back to 500. Um, we didn't hope to be here five games ago, right? Uh, I'm looking back at the last five. Felix, what was your prediction? I think you well, said we'd go 4-1 and one or 5-0. We, oh? um, we hoped a 4-1 and one run, but Josh correctly predicted a 3-2 and two, um, split. Or not split. Um, yeah, I think know, that's a good good. good looking at those it. five games we predicted on episode 37, we um, all predicted a win in Minnesota. And that happened? And it happened quite easily, winning by 23. We had a loss in Dallas. Uh, I think we weren't... We embraced ourselves for that. Um, it was a sad one, though. It was a loss by a buzzer beater. Clay could have tied it up well, and brought I it Well, I guess in some ways what you're saying is it was like a negative buzzer beater. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't hit the buzzer beater. We uh, failed yeah. to tie it at the yeah, buzzer. Yeah, a negative do, buzzer. Do you call that a buzzer beater? Maybe a it's bad like- batter... A bad buzzer beater. That should be a vocal warm-up. Okay. Bad buzzer beater. Yeah, no, losing by three in Dallas, that was a heartbreaker. But that's, you know, looking again, that's kind of been the story. We'll get to the game last night against Utah, another heartbreaker, just to preview that. But, yeah, that was rough. But then the homestand, um, we beat Chicago by eight. We beat Houston by 19. And then things kind of fell apart a couple nights ago. We lost to Indiana by eight. Yeah, that was that was not fun. The Indiana game, I think we we passed a lot of turnovers and we shot 30% efficiency for the beginning of it. It was our third game in 4 days and honestly, Steph looked a little gassed. He shot 3 for 17, worst night of the season. He looked tired. Made me a little uh realize just how vulnerable we are when Steph is not his MVP caliber self. Those were all, you know, sad games, but not to be dwelled on too much. A game for um the Dark Ages. Do you about to say, call it a game for the ages? Game for the Dark Ages, yes. <laughs> um, is the loss last night in Utah. We lost by one point. And the crazy thing is, for those who didn't see it, we were down by 12 in the fourth quarter. We battled back. And even though Steph, Draymond, and Wiggins were not playing, we'll get to that in a moment, 
our heroic efforts came to nothing as we gave away the lead and let the uh, Jazz score five points in the last seven seconds to beat us 124 to 123. With a sloppy, um, or not, not a sloppy inbound pass, a sharp inbound pass from Ty Jerome just goes to show how uh, beaten up we were. Ty Jerome inbounding the ball with the last six seconds left went into the hands of Jordan Poole, who had had himself a night at as 35 points scored. Uh, really, the really carrying us to making that game so close. He kind of just fumbled it. It was a poke from behind from Jaron Vanderbilt and pushed it up to Von Tecchio, an Italian seven foot center who dunked it with 1.4 seconds left, them taking the lead. And from then on out, it didn't look that good. A full court inbound from Ty Jerome that was easily intercepted by Kelly Olinick for game set and match. Now that was a hard loss. What made that so devastating was not just the last second uh, snatching, as they say, uh, victory yeah. from the jo- no defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. We had this thing wrapped up, but our young guys played so well. It was the first time this season I think we've seen Moody, Kaminga, and Poole all on the court in crunch time. And this is the next generation Warriors, and even Wiseman got into the game. Um, it was a sight for sore eyes to see these young guys step up, and I really wished for them they could have celebrated the victory, but it was not meant to now, be. Now, I, I talked to you about the last play of the game, but it was really all those leading up to it before that that kind of showed that, you know, Kerr's game plan, as the commentator said, um was to stay in it and maybe steal it from them at the end. Now, that is the exact opposite of what happened. They literally stole it from us at the end. It was a stolen game, um, metaphorically and literally, for the Warriors. Would you say it's literal in 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 that, like, to steal something is to... Like, they didn't actually, like, no, confiscate. They didn't... Con- well, one, they confiscated the ball... Oh, good point. It was a steal at the yeah, end. You're right. That's oh, what I that's said. the literal a stolen God, game. I am so I'm always a little bit behind here. Yeah. A steal at the end in the stolen game. Oh, well, um, that's good. I think we got our podcast title here. Yeah. Jordan Poole had been an understatement for the whole game, constantly scoring when he was on the court. But um Kaminga was the man of the hour in the last five minutes of the fourth, stepping up. He scored, I don't know, 24 points on like 11 of 14 efficiency. So very efficient with what he did with the ball. And, you know, his offense did it for us, but his defense is really what got us to fight for it at the last second. And Um, fight is no joke. I mean, his defense from Jordan Clarkson down the stretch uh, not only saved a basket, but led to Clarkson losing control, committing a flagrant two, getting ejected, sending Kaminga to the line. Mm-hmm. Um, it should have been enough to win the game, but but definitely big ups for him. I also really liked last night and want to talk for a moment about Dante DiVincenzo, yeah. who uh, is a guard. He's not a tall guy, but he had nine rebounds. I think he led the, led the Warriors last night in rebounds. And really it was just hustle, 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 hustle from him, getting three steals, Seemingly getting these long rebounds. Um, I'm very impressed with Dante DiVincenzo, and I thought he had a lot to do with our great play last night. Yet another Italian redhead for the ages of the Warriors. First, Nico Mannion, 
and now we have DiVincenzo. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that we have a soft spot for redheaded NBA players, and it seems like a lot of them are Italian or of Italian heritage. So maybe that's yeah. a new kind of role model. Now it was it was a really hard fought game. DiVincenzo grabbing those boards was key. Poole always scoring was key. Kaminga playing his best was key. But you know, over the past six games that we've just reviewed. I think Clay Thompson has done it for us a lot. You know, his efficiency may not be the best, but he's really been looking a lot better in this past 15-game stretch than he was in the beginning of the season. And I don't want to preview or tip our hand or anything, but maybe we'll take a break now Mm -hmm. and come back. And after the break, share with you our Warrior of the Week and look ahead to the next five games on the schedule. Now, one, just a reminder, this, um, this podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor ourselves we'll see you right after the break hello hello it's your favorite podcaster felix now let me let you in on a little secret whatever platform you listen to untuck shorts on guess what there are many other ways to listen you can check us out on spotify apple podcasts or our website If you want to listen through our website, just go to untuckshorts.squarespace.com. And just a reminder, if you're not already following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to do that. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Untucked Shorts, episode 38. Our next segment is an oldie but a goodie. Haven't done it in a while, but here to tell you about our Warrior of the Week is Felix. Who's our Warrior of the Week this week? Now, this is a man who has really stepped up in the past since uh, uh, the Chicago game and showed us that he could be our future leader. Jordan Poole. Now, he's been really turning on the gas here ever since that Chicago game where he scored 30. And ever since since that game on out, four games later, he's been averaging 27.5 points. So Over the last week, 27.5? And that is some very phenomenal, phenomenal uh, things to look at from only a third-year player, really. One um, thing I also like about what I've seen in the last week is a greater degree of aggressiveness, especially last night against Utah. He got to the line 13 times, and that only happens when he takes it inside, and he's not content to settle for outside jumpers and, and three-pointers. I mean, it just looks – it shows his IQ now. He is the league leader or second-best um, in the league in free throw shooting percentage. So, you know, he knows if that ball isn't going in, like it wasn't really in the first quarter, just get to the rim, you know, and maybe and good things will happen. little World Cup action there to find himself at the line. Now, he there was a nice uh, segment in the second quarter where he went to the line twice on three-pointer attempts, twice in a row. And so he got like eight points off of free throws in maybe four minutes. One thing that's worth noting is that last night, obviously Draymond was sitting, but for the previous three games, especially uh, those games where we, where we had big wins against Houston and Chicago, Jordan and uh, Draymond were really anchoring that second unit. And that seems to be a good fit. I, I think Steve Kerr has found a rotation that he likes overlapping Draymond from the starters into that second unit gives i i think um jordan pool greater yeah great greater chance so i'm looking forward to seeing that especially in our upcoming games and maybe 
Maybe we should turn our attention now. And also, to the... a small side note, though. Draymond has actually been shooting a lot of threes and actually making a good amount of them over the past couple games. So he's only making defenders more afraid of his abilities and giving Jordan Poole more and more opportunity to seek the rim. Yeah, no, there's definitely um, a little bit of a offensive renaissance for mm-hmm. Draymond. And we're going to need every bit of it because we're going to have our hands full on Saturday night. Hopefully this podcast will come out before then. If not, you'll already know what happened. But I got to tell you, I'm a little terrified because the Boston Celtics, number one in the East, are coming to town, and I think they want some payback. That is going to be a doozy. Um, Really, first uh, appearance, is this uh, this home? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank God. Um, Home against against the Leprechauns. Getting religious over here on the podcast. (laughs) Home against the Leprechauns. Is that a Leprechaun? Yes, it is. Do you think that Celtic mascot is a Leprechaun? What is it? What is it? I I don't know. I'm gonna have to take a closer look. I I, I guess you're right that I it's a leprechaun. Put money on the table right now. And and you call it a shillelagh? Is that a shillelagh? A shillelagh, sure. Okay, but that's right. a leprechaun. A leprechaun that with a shillelagh. Okay. Okay. Now Celtics logo. We're gonna maybe do um, a deep dive on that. Now I say that it. I mean, I hate to be a hater, but. I don't think we're gonna get it. I mean, by the way, by the way, they're looking versus how we are. Also, we're Wiggins. At I don't know if you know, but yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins is apparently is, gonna be out on Saturday. Wiggins has suffered an injury. We'll look into that later, but I don't know the way it's looking for us at the five hundred at game twenty six. Like, I just really can't see us beating a team that well unless Curry just has some magic. Okay, and if you if you, if you think that's scary. Um... I got I got more rough news for you. Oh no! As soon as that game's over, the Warriors get on a plane and it's fly. Back to back? No, yeah. I, well, I don't think it's back to back, but a road trip, mm-hmm. longest road trip of the season, starts with a game against Giannis and the Bucks in Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think we're going to win that either. No chance. No, um, I don't think. I think they're just too they're too athletic for us. The next game, we're in Indiana, and that's when I would target. And hope uh-huh. that Wiggins is back, and and we can grab we that one. We need to grab that because then we go to Philadelphia. And, and Paul Charney, if you got your ears on, um, we're coming for you. The problem with the Sixers is that not only are they play, not only do they have a big guy. You know, we usually beat taller teams with our speed, yeah, and our aggressiveness, which we are usually good at. But Tyrese Maxey and uh, Maurice Thibel, that Thibel, can't be, yeah, yeah, Thibel are not going to let that happen. Their transition defenses would stop us. Um, so the only way I see us winning that game is if Clay and Curry combine for at least sixty points. Like, yeah, I maybe just, even they might even have to go for something like seventy, which they did against Houston to pull off that road I think, win a couple I think, weeks ago. I think the Splash Bros need to step up. Oh from man. Perimeter. Okay, so uh, let me go back. So if we lose in Boston, lose in Bucks, lose in Philadelphia, then we're one in three, and the fifth game in the next five game stretch is in Toronto. Against the Raptors, can we pull that one off? Yeah, I think, easily. I think, we can. I, I think they're one of those teams that you know, for some reason, are sticking in there with Pascal Siakam, but we can shut them out, like we shut out the healthy Jazz, who are number four in the league. Yeah, I haven't so, really been following them this season. I'll be excited to see them. But... Ever since Kawhi Leonard left them, I've not. They have not been on the radar for me personally. So there you have it. Our predictions are that in the next five game stretch, we go two, two and, and three. three. Great if we can get a couple of those road wins. And that'll take us to basically the week of uh, Christmas, Hanukkah. It's all happening here in December. Um, let's hope that Whew. the Warriors come back with at least a 15 
and what, 15 and, and 16. like 16 record hovering around 500? Keep it in, like Chris I mean, said, keep, keep, it, it, keep it in contact. Don't let it slip but away. Yeah, for a, coming off a championship, you know, we can't, we shouldn't be looking at keeping in contact for game 30. But um, yeah, really not looking good for the Warriors in the next five game stretch. Probably our hardest five games of the season, I dare say. Um, that's all we have for episode 38. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back with at least one more episode before the end of the year. We hope you will follow us in all the right places, and we'll see you next time on Untucked Untucked Shorts. Shorts.